Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Happy Election Day. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you on what is sure to be uh, an interesting day. Yesterday was interesting too. We're going to talk about the follow through and a lot of trades from yesterday. Uh, We've got, uh, seems like we've got a bit of a Biden trade on. uh, So I'm not sure what that says about what could happen later today or tonight, but you had huge rallies in solar uh, and cannabis. And we're we're going to talk about the big tech trade. We're going to talk about uh, stocks that have the uh, ballot initiatives up tonight and how that could affect them going forward here. Uh, our guest is Nick Shaheen. He is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. Uh, we also have some earnings uh, on our radar. We've got Alibaba. This is just out a few minutes ago that the, the anti-IPO has been suspended. Uh, we're going to talk about that. So we got a lot going on here. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Show us the love there. Uh, Joel, what is going on here in the overnight session? Uh, We got major green on the screen here again on this Tuesday morning, uh, November, November 3rd, Election Day. Uh, Really didn't spend much time uh, in the red at all. Uh, Oh, one and a quarter. That's just above your closing price from yesterday. We caught a bid and it was just a relentless bid. Uh, Oh, one and a quarter, as I mentioned, is pre-market low. I don't think we're going back down there today, folks. Pre-market high. We've got a better shot at looking at that, 49.75. That kind of puts us in no man's land. Um, our our five day high is up at seventy and a quarter. But uh, yesterday morning we went up and tested that pre market high, and that ended up being the high for the day. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, crude bouncing back under thirty four bucks yesterday. You blink and uh, a few deals, and we're up a buckle for it thirty seven eighty five. Let's see if that's helping oil stocks. 
Gold above 1900, up 890 at 1901.40. Silver into green as well. Uh, that's up 30.2 cents here. Let's call it 30 cents at 24.33. And Bitcoin looking at 14,000 straight in the eye, four or five days in a row, but uh, pulling back a little bit today. Down $125 at 13,665. Good morning, Triple D. I don't even think you had a chance to short anything last night. We were pretty much straight up. Mm. yeah we slowly climbed it it wasn't the kind of volatility that we're used to i mean it's been obviously crazy volatility it was it was a quieter night but there's still there's always opportunities there and there's always stuff going on and you know i obviously trade headlines you look at different things so there's always opportunities but i really want to start with that alibaba news here because this is the news of the day it just broke about five minutes ago yep and the stock is getting absolutely slammed. I do own this in my long-term portfolio. So, man, investing is hard sometimes, Joel. <laughs> you know, like you think, oh, you climb, climb, climb here in Alibaba for the last month. And then, boom, in one headline, it's all gone. So, um, it reminds me of that South Park, you know, like, oh, I'm investing for you. And it's gone. And it's gone. And it's gone. Well, that's how I felt with Twitter. Obviously, I'm an Alibaba from a lot lower. I think I've been at 135, so I'm holding on to it. But still down 15 points on your position, and it's a pretty sizable position for me. It's grown into be a sizable position. Doesn't make you happy. But anyways, Pop, so give us the news here. Alibaba, Mr. Israel. Yeah, so the news out a few minutes ago that the, uh, the Shanghai Stock Exchange has, has I guess, halted or suspended the IPO. I don't know what that means for the Hong Kong exchange because it's going public on both exchanges. So... I don't know about Hong Kong, but for now, at least, it looks like the Shanghai Stock Exchange has, has halted uh, the IPO on, on their exchange for Ant Financial. And just th- we talked about this yesterday for a second, but think about some of the numbers here. So Ant is trying to raise uh, 34, just over $34 billion uh, via their IPO. Retail investors are getting insane amounts of leverage for this thing. They uh, are being offered as much as 33 uh, times margin uh, to purchase the stock with. I, I think I saw some numbers that there is, there's like a couple of trillion dollars worth of demand. Yeah, two point eight trillion dollars worth of orders for an IPO that's looking to raise thirty four billion dollars. There is just ridiculous amounts of demand out there. Um, so to call this oversubscribed would be an understatement. It's about eight hundred and seventy times oversubscribed. Um, it's just insane. So I, I don't know what is going on over yeah, there. Yeah, what? Why are they suspending it? Like this is yeah. just temporary in Shanghai, or is this you know something? I guess we're just breaking five minutes ago. So devil's in the details there. Yeah, but, well, but think about it. Like, I mean, we know it's China. We know their markets are a lot different than ours, to to put it mildly. Um, but some some of the numbers I just said are absolutely insane. Right, thirty three times leverage, um, eight hundred and seventy times oversubscribed. You, you never see that sort of th- uh, stuff in the U.S. where we have more regulated markets. Uh, so, again, th- this IPO is a little weird. I don't quite know what's going on. Um, it's probably good that they suspended it because there are some funky numbers here. So they're just looking into more details here. So obviously not good for Alibaba owning, I believe, 30% of Ant Financial. So 
Uh, the suspension here is hitting that stock directly down 5.3% here now, down 17 points. I mean, it's hard. You know, you can come in and say, oh, uh, here's a dip for me to buy. And sometimes they do bounce back. But a lot of times you end up getting like a Twitter where it dips off the hop. And you think, oh, I'm going to buy the dip. And it just continues lower. I mean, Fastly was the same thing. Obviously, this isn't an earnings event. This is just a headline. And maybe, you know, tomorrow they come out on where it go. And, you know, the stock will pop right back. So, the headline risk here to the shorts, obviously, is that the you know, suspensions is temporary and they're still going to go through with it, which I would think they would. But we've been we've seen time and time again through this earnings season, if you're buying off the initial headline, the dip, um, and we always say buy the dip, but on the initial headlines, it's paid to wait. And I don't know if you want to wait here on Alibaba or if you want to just strike, but I've been burned a lot of times being too early. So they're interpreting this as a bad thing that there's such high demand, right? I, you know, well, well I think they're I just looking into it. It's probably giving it scrutiny, right, Spencer? Like we 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 don't know what it's only broken five minutes ago or ten minutes ago, so we don't know exactly why well, they suspended we know, it. But... We know that overnight, um, the uh, Jack Ma and I guess some other executives got got summoned by uh, regulators uh, to talk about this IPO because again, the, the, these numbers. Like, like almost aren't real, right? Like they're so crazy. So again, just to repeat, to their $2.8 trillion worth of orders and they only want to raise $34 billion. So like these numbers are just backwards, right? So I don't sure. quite know what's happening. The demand's just threw I off the charts. Know, I don't know why there's someone's man. Maybe it has to do with the like seemingly infinite leverage that you can get to buy these shares. But like something, so, something's fishy here. We, we can just say that. Something's I'll just, I mean, I'm not sure I got to interpret this either. Uh, 290, um, you hit that twice. So that's a number right there. I know you can see it here on the 15 minute chart. You bounced six bucks off it, five bucks off it. So if you want to say, hey, you know, this is a good thing for Alibaba that everyone wants this and thing, then you can lean on that 290. Uh, it takes out 290. Um, you got a, uh, a support, potential support here, a gap to fill uh, down to two. Uh, you have a low at 283.79, then 279.30. So if you lose it, if you lose that 290, I see some mild support in the 80s. I, I think you just have to pick your, your daily lows. But right now, 290 has to be your focus. I'm just going to say it again, though. Um, maybe this is, this is just temporary, and this is a head, kind of headline that it could bounce right back. But just going to the earnings, different yeah. earnings plays and stuff, we have been punished being too early. Like I bought the AYX the day after it tanked and it and I sat there and I got lucky that it had, you know, the earnings afterwards. But the people who have been buying right off the hop, the Fastly, and my kids are going crazy here. They must be pretty excited with the San Financial thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's been it's been a disaster, really, to, to be too early. I mean, the Twitter... Um, obviously, you know, you sold it before the earnings report. I should have sold it right as soon as it reported, um, you know, the next day, because I mean, it, it lost six bucks and then, you know, it opened and has continued to tank. It can't even find support. It's like once the momentum gets killed, once they break trend, these things stay ugly for a long time. I mean, even Amazon, I mean, the report that was awesome caught everyone and that's there's something to that too you know on these reports when they whips on they snap up at first and they look good and they catch a few people and then they just continue to tank them i mean amazon lost another 100 points at one point yesterday i mean you know we're looking at a stock that blew it away when the stock had closed at like 32.50 and now it's fallen 
you know, it fell almost 10% from those, from where it was. What if you, what if you're long? Awesome what if you're long? What if you come in and this is your portfolio and you've been holding on this and for a long time and you wanted to stop yourself out at, you know, at 295? Then I, I'd say do it. You know, stick with your plan. You got to do it. Just I mean, that's that's such a good point. And this is what people don't do when they're trading overnight. They're like, well, I was in Alibaba, but I want to stop myself out at 300. It's 295. Well, I can't sell it now. It's five points below where my stop was. I mean, I have this happen to me because I hold overnight positions. And I have this happen to me at least once a month, may, probably more, that I get absolutely slammed on a headline. And what do I do in those instances? I cut it. I just get out. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, I was short selling when it got taken over. You know, at the, at the beginning of last year, on my overnight portfolio, I was short in my trading account on my overnight portfolio, just against probably doing the ARB against, you know, probably the, the IBB. And it opens 30 points against me. It opened up 50%. It went from 62 to 90. What did I do? I covered it. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I got taken over. I'm, I, I eat it. it. You know, it, it, it hurt my week of earnings, you know, one trade, but that can happen. So, I mean, as a trader, you've got to be disciplined and say, you know, if your stop was 300 and this sucker is trading 295, you got to stop yourself out. You eat the extra five bucks and you move on. Nothing you can do. Overnight risk. There is headlines in, over, in overnight trading. And you're going to see it again and again. Uh, if you, as you continue to trade through the years, you're going to get slammed on a rating you're gonna get slammed on unexpected guidance you know that just comes out of the blue you're gonna get slammed on a headline this is a slammed on a headline on alibaba a lot of people probably long anticipating well the ant financial ipo is coming well now those people are all stuck so does can it bounce from here if the headline if they you know it, it, it probably can but it doesn't have to so don't get yourself stuck in something and saying you know i'm hoping it's coming back because you never want to be in that hope trade yeah. Okay. Now another good level two here. Since you got that bounce off ninety, let's just look at the rebound high. So if you're looking for a tart, well, did that get right to three hundred? What a nice number there on the pop three hundred. So the digesting the information, you found buyers at two ninety and sellers at three hundred. Will we chop between those two levels the whole day? Oh, I don't think so. I think you're going to see. I think you'll see some movement out of there. But right now, you know. People are playing the whole numbers, 290, and right in the middle there, 295. Uh, so that's the headline. I mean, that's a big move for yeah. a big stock. But we've been seeing, you know, and, and let's put this in perspective. Alibaba's held up very well. I mean, you need to look at, there's Incredible. been, Megatech has been slammed. I mean, we have had a rotation. You've got Amazon trading 500 points off the highs. Um, you've got Apple that's starting to look, you know, ugly, and it's significantly off the highs too. I mean, Apple topped out 137; it's 108, and then you had Alibaba, you know, making new all-time highs a few days ago. So you've seen mega tech get slammed, and maybe this is the Baba moment where it's going to come in a little bit too. I'm still long Baba; I'm not selling my long-term Alibaba because I believe in the long-term story here. But to say it's going to just bounce at 295, a lot of these other tech stocks have not. Also, though, let's, let's be honest. Like, I mean, what are the odds? That this IPO doesn't happen. No, exactly. It's probably going to come out with the next headline and probably yeah. going to, you know, whether that's tomorrow or the next day, it's gonna, it's probably going through. So does it rally though back 15 bucks when they push it through? I don't think so. I don't think it gets it all back. It gets some of it back. 
So, but but what's to say this doesn't continue to leak? I mean, this is broke trend. There's a lot of technical traders there that were leaning on the 300. 300 was huge support for the last yeah, month. Consolidation too, man. Yeah, this, now you consolidate and the break is lower. That's not good from a technician's perspective. And if you want, if you're like, okay, I'm longer term here. I'm not going to freak out on this. I think it's going to bounce. What I would take a look at just a little bit longer term, and I'm going to throw out that two-day low, but you had all these lows right in this area, right? Uh, let me move the line up a little bit. 305, let's call it. Not exact. Also, that's a gap fill from yesterday. So if you get anywhere near yesterday's low at 305.39, I'm sure a lot of people are going, cha-ching, let me out. Don't know if you'll see that closing price at 310.84. So actually, I want to say, what exchange did this? What Shanghai. Was it? Oh, this, this I want to thank the Shanghai Exchange for doing this because we got to 16 minutes without talking about the election. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love the Shanghai. I'm going, is it a publicly traded the Shanghai Exchange? I'm going long. Well, you can, you can, <laughs> I don't think you can. You can find a Chinese broker and open an account and start trading Chinese. I wonder if I could get 66 or 99 times leverage. <laughs> Probably at this rate. Um, what about the, the e commerce trade? It's sort of. Uh, a couple of stocks going opposite directions today, Wayfair and uh, PayPal. Um, and I, so I guess we, I'll, I'll give you the numbers on PayPal first. Okay. The earnings were good. Uh, the, 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 they beat on the EPS. They beat on the sales. Uh, they added a lot of accounts. Guidance was a little bit light, though. The guidance that they gave, uh, they didn't actually come out and say, this is our EPS number going forward. But they gave a revenue uh, earnings growth estimate. And that estimate, when you do the math out, comes out to lower than what analysts had been expecting for uh, EPS going forward. So lighter guidance from PayPal, despite an earnings beat. They said that the eBay's transition away from PayPal uh, is, is happening faster than expected. Um, so there's that. And on the other side, you've got Wayfair, who just completely blew it away in every sense of the word. The EPS, the sales, it just totally crushed it. The year-over-year growth here is ridiculous. So yeah, PayPal and Wayfair going in opposite directions this morning, kind of the same trade, but in different directions. Uh, you got good support down 170 in PayPal. Again, to buy on day one has not been the play this earnings season because they have continued to leak. This isn't like it just reported 10 minutes ago, so the shop is, is done. Yep. It's digested now, and it wants to be down. I mean, that's what we say. Sometimes on the initial, you get this initial headline, you get the chop. And that's when you can, you know, like the Twitter trade up to 54. I mean, those are tradable events if you think you've got an opinion and you think the market's opinion is temporarily wrong, which it often is. But when you look at PayPal now, we've digested. We want to be down, it looks like. You got good support. It's a good company. We looked at the, in the pre-pre-market show, we were looking at the, um, you know, at the forward multiple. It's trading about 40 times. So it's definitely not cheap, but in this space you know with the growth that it's still got going on it's not super expensive either is it attractive at 170 probably but again you're buying on day one you have 177 you might be early uh action in the after hours took it down to uh 174.02 and i kind of like that area for a couple reasons one it was you know, it was good for a bounce. And then also going over to the daily here, you got three lows in this area and, I'm, and they're, all, they're all from 171 and a half to 174. So that's a zone. I don't, you know, you got there in the pre-market, they stepped out ahead of it. Actually, that 7408, that uh, uh, was the low on the 21st. So you hit an area of support. 
you got a nice bounce. You have some daily lows underneath it. So I keep it on. I don't know. It just looks like people kind of think they missed the dip on this one. And on the uh, on the upside here, if you're looking for just a shorter term resistance point, it had trouble when it got back over 180. 180.50 was the high of the rebound. So 172, 180, uh, I'm comfortable with those numbers. But as Dennis mentioned, first day, you know, digesting the entire report and I mean, if you want to look at the run since uh, since the March low at eighty two oh seven, I mean, you got a long way to go for a, a decent retracement in this one, right? Because you went wah, wah, you got to wait, you got to wait for one forty nine, one fifty. We've yeah. run so far. I mean, you think, you know, relatively like, oh, this is cheap. How can I go wrong? And you know, I keep using the Fastly example, but Fastly had such a ridiculous run from April to September when it ran from $20 up to 136 bucks. I mean, now you're at 60, 20 to 60, it's still up 200% from where it was back in April and March. So, you know, from a relative perspective, it's still a long ways up there. And you've seen Fastly just continue to leak. I, I've been looking at this and I thought it might bounce around 72, but I didn't strike because it didn't really give me a reason to. It hasn't really given me, you know, it goes down every day. I mean, now you got a little double bottom in place. Maybe you're getting to a point here, you know, where you could strike on Fastly. You got the 62.10, 62.60. At least you got a little two lows to lean on in the same area. But again, it's just and tough the to buy on coming. day one. Yeah, you know, you just might be getting a little bit of like seller's exhaustion here. You know, you got everyone out of the oh, pool. It's, that it's due for a bounce. It's I mean, it's for... so oversold now. Let's see. I'm just trying to use it in the PayPal context because uh, okay. if people come in on day one and saying, how can I go wrong buying PayPal 10 bucks? Those same people were buying Fastly at 90 and now Fastly 65. So I think you wait till the dust settles. That's what I've learned through this earnings season. It's different every earnings season. Correct. But with this one, it is paid to wait. My DraftKings, I was way too early on that. I thought I was going to bounce to the 40. This wasn't earnings. It just kept leaking. But it's continued to leak, and obviously I want to sell it through 40, and then, you know, I'm just not even paying attention to it enough. But, you know, you're at the point now I'm at the huge 35 support, and it starts to take that out. You're going to have to just cut bait with this and get out. Um, but it's ugly. But, I mean, you, you got to look. And, you know, obviously the trend, not your friend on a lot of these stocks here, but PayPal has been trending higher. And, yes, it's a good company. Yes, it's one of the loved ones. And, yes, it probably eventually finds buyers again. But I'm just saying it has paid to wait. Two monthly lows. Uh, well, it's only the second trading day of the month, but last month's low was thirty four ninety, and we hit thirty five oh two yesterday. Got a little bit of a bounce. So I, the forty area was just like it was just like so obvious. Like it had three daily lows in here. Here you have a chance for a monthly low. Uh, actually, uh, well, boom. Let's see. This is uh, what's this low here. What am I looking at? Uh, 34, this chance, the third monthly low, because you had a 34.47 low in September monthly, 34.90 October monthly, now 35. That's, to me, that's a lot better area than the uh, the $40 area. Obviously, after the fact, Jack, on that one. But let's see what 35 can do. What, and what about Wayfair here? I mean, okay. I, I guess I guess the bad news is their, their revenue growth from COVID is slowing. They, you know, they made, they made less money last quarter than the quarter prior. Uh, but I mean, you still you go year over year. It's it's ridiculous. They they weren't even profitable until this year, and now they're all of a sudden they're making two or three bucks a share. Stocks mm -hmm. up big today. 
buy the dip, sell the rip. This is a rip to sell. It's already come off the highs. It kissed right to the 300 level where all the major resistance is. That's your now major resistance point. I would not be surprised this continues to leak. I know the earnings were just awesome, but this is a stock that everybody is has been stuck in for the last month, and yes. now all of a sudden they're getting their money back. You got all kinds of overhead supply. The guy that bought at 305 was, come on, just a little higher so I can get my money back. <laughs> and it went to 300, and then it's 295, it's 298. And he's like, well, just come back to 295, and I'll, I'll cut my loss there. And then it's going down 280. Come back to 285, and I'll cut my loss there. And before you know it, the thing's giving it back. So I think up 10% here is a gift. I think the better days for Wayfair are actually behind it because I do believe we're eventually getting past the crisis. This stock has been such an incredible mover. I mean, we're up from $26 in March. The stock went up over 1,000%. There's a pile of people sitting on a pile of gains that don't want those gains to go away, and they've watched the gains go away in some other stocks. I got to think there's going to be some profit taking into this pop. So I think this this is one of those that I feel more convicted on that I think you sell it. And uh, this kind of reminds me of uh, your Halion trade, Spencer. You know, okay, all right, we have this great run, right? And then we give it back. And then we rally back. Everything's okay, right? All the people that got caught here, everything is okay. We get back to 320. Then you catch a whole nother group of people on the second time down. Yeah, you got people and, caught. Yeah, man. yep. Definitely, definitely you got people caught in this one. It's leaking. I mean, it gets near three. I mean, you're already 18 bucks off the high. Yeah, so. I get back to 300, I don't think nope, today. I don't think, I so, don't think so. I mean, anything can happen. The market's kind of crazy. But this isn't like one of those dogs that you're squeezing right now. You know, like we like we, when we're looking at the hog and it continues up, you know, or the, what was the other one that went up like 30%, the, the crappy, what was it, Spencer Retail Stock like last week? Yep. Not the gap. It was yeah, another yeah. one that went up like 30% last week. Oh, Tupperware, T-U-P. Oh, yeah. Tupperware? I mean, those are squeezes to a certain extent um, on some of these stocks. And Tupperware has been squeezing for a while. But that was a blow-off top now. So you had two days of squeezing them. But that's a different story. Like, those can gap and go because those things have been so oversold. And all of a sudden, they got some life. And then everybody's running in to get in it. Exactly. Everybody's already in these Wayfair stocks. That's why yep. it's the opposite. So I, I think you booked the profits. Yeah, like this, I mean, just to illustrate Dennis's uh, scenario here, here, like you would not be thinking of selling or shorting the thing as if it was moving up off the low, right? I mean, just big green candles, monthly candles, no pain. Nobody has pain in this stock. All buyers are making money. Well, there's plenty of people sitting on pain here between 240 and that old time high at uh, 340. So it's hard to pick. I like we would need Jeremy to figure out where to try. I don't think he'd be trying to buy this one. I mean, where would I don't know. I on mean, the top, yeah. What's the top of yesterday's range? 262. I don't know if, if you're buying good. stocks up 10 percent on an earnings report. You're doing, a doing it wrong. I think so. I was, like like I said, you you got these dogs that are barking and they gap up 10%. Sometimes you can get a gap and go there. I don't think you get the gap and go here. I think you get the gap and eventually fill. I don't think it's filling today, but if I look at this a week or a couple of weeks from now, it all depends on where. I mean, we get a Biden or we get, you know, some uh, some yeah, clarity on the to. Trump. I mean, we could get political here in a second, you know, because we do have an election and that's going to matter more than anything. But, if, you know, the market starts ripping higher. It's going to lift all boats. So, I mean, it's all relative, too. So I'm not confident that the market's going to rip higher, though, either, which is why I continue to, you know, sell rips and buy dips. Trading market. It has been the market to buy and hold. It's been the market just to trade. 
and and take the profits when you got them. Ten percent gift overnight wafer. I'd take it. What about so maybe let's pivot here to some of these some of these uh, areas in the market sector stocks that were moving yesterday. Theoretically, on some kind of call it election wins, right? And I, I want to start with solar here yeah. only because you saw solar pop hard yesterday. You look at the ETF. Well, maybe not actually. I take that back. Um, but Solar Edge uh, reported earnings yesterday. They were pretty bad. But solar is also like a, a quote unquote Biden trade, right? So if Biden were to win, he has said they're going to invest trillions of dollars in clean energy infrastructure. That would mean ETFs like TAN, ETFs like ICLN, ETFs like FAN for wind energy. Uh, you've got that trade, and then you've got the Solar Edge earnings, which were pretty bad yesterday, sort of going against each other here this morning. I mean, it's down $51. It's a huge drop, and there's people licking their chops saying, this is my entry point, and it might be. I think, again, I got to let the dust settle just because it hasn't paid to be on day one. Some earnings season it's paid to buy on day one. I'm going to wait for the dust to settle. You know, there is the potential for the solar trade, but let's be honest and maybe just talk Biden for a second. So Biden gets in, you know, I was talking to a Reuters reporter yesterday, you know, giving the Biden stock, obvious Biden stocks are solar. I mean, that's just, a, you know, the one that you think of very quickly. So if Biden gets in, you think it's going to be good for solar, but then you look at what it's done. And I mean, how much of that is priced in? These solar stocks have been on incredible runs for solar. You know, looking at that one was $60 a month ago. It's 90. It's up 50%. So are these trades crowded? I mean, that's the question too. You, you don't see, you know, Solar Edge gets slammed today because it's a crowded trade. And now there's people running for the exits. So you've got to just analyze sometimes. And believe it or not, you've, we've seen things happen. And you can have your whole list and say, okay, if Biden wins, I'm buying solar. If Biden wins, you know, I'm going to short banks because it's going to be more regulation there. Um, if Biden wins, you know, I'm going to short oil stocks because he's all about clean energy. You know, but sometimes the trades are already crowded. I mean, Biden's what, 85, 90% to, to win in Vegas now? Like he, he's, he's, he's the, I the never favorite. saw statistics. Like he's that. the favorite by a long shot. It, you know, anything can happen. Sold, sold at 90%. <laughs> Any, well, any, <laughs> but anything can I'm happen. I'm at 85. I'm at 80. 80. I got the, I got 5,075. <laughs> you can't bids, man. Yeah. You, you throw that, that 90 saying, crap at me. No all I'm saying what? is it could be a crowded trade. It could be crowded. There's a lot of people anticipating that Biden's going to win. There's a lot of people have already bought solar stocks ahead of that. So we've seen things happen before where they actually knock solar down on a Biden victory. I would not be surprised to see that. I don't know. It wouldn't be logical that that could happen, but it could happen. So I'm not going to go all in on solar until <laughs> I see it, you know, that, you know, first one, Biden's win. And second, that they're actually buying solar stocks tomorrow morning because it, it could go the other way. You never know. Uh, sorry for yelling there, Deuce Parker, but when you wanted to be heard in the pit and you wanted to move the market, that's what you did. You, you yelled out. to move it. If you wanted to move you the like spoon, to move it, move yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't quite have the Baldwin leap like uh, Tommy Baldwin in the bond pit, but he would like. What's the Baldwin he, leap? Uh, How do you do it? Can you display it? Uh, I actually, I never, I never you saw jump it. out of your chair. It's just like when he wanted to, he was the biggest bond trader. And uh, he, when he wanted to do something, I don't know if he was a former athlete or whatever, but it, he would do the Baldwin leap and he wow. would like, jump up and yeah, that's the only one. Sounds actually, intimidating. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the stock here. And hmm, this is, 
this is a tough one because you can definitely say someone's nibbling here. Uh, let me bring the chart up for you. I lost my Zoom window, but I will find it real quickly. Uh, I mean, someone's nibbling here. That, that's all I can say. They're just a, a sneaky buyer. Sneaky. And so yeah. sneaky, those buyers. He, I mean, he's not saying I'm not paying 220 and I'm not paying 218. I'm paying 219. I'm paying. I'm the buy the dippers nibble on these things. Yeah. I'm, yeah. What if you came in like uh, long to like 290 put and you had a trillion of them? I mean, why not bring some in here? So 214, I got to get rid. There's just a buyer in there. I don't know what the volume is on it, but a buyer is a buyer. Do we have a daily low that coincides with that? No, we don't. This guy's trying to make his own chart. Uh, after that, I see a trap door down to 204.55. That's your next daily low. But I don't know. That's where I mean, if I was short, I might be I might be joining that bid if he shows any size or repeats itself. But it's been holding that since the after hours session. Uh, your pop off that low. Uh, was 226.12. So there's your early range in Solar Edge. Uh, all right. I, I, let's go to a couple of uh, stocks that are that's, that have uh, ballot initiatives tonight before we go to our guest here. I want to start with Uber and Lyft. It's probably maybe the most notable uh, news, individual news story of the night with regards to the election. Uh, Prop 22 in California, and we can actually get Nick to comment on this because he lives in California and he's been long Uber. I don't know if he's still, I'm assuming he's still on Uber. We'll find out uh, in a few minutes here. But Prop 22, which would exempt uh, ride sharing and delivery companies uh, from other companies in the gig economy that would have to reclassify their workers as, as contractors, uh, reclassify them as employees and provide benefits and sick leave and, and, and all that stuff. Um, if Prop 22 passes, that's good for Uber and Lyft. If it fails, that's bad for Uber and Lyft. Uh, how do the charts shake out this morning? I think getting out of the pandemic, I mean, this is a very important uh, initiative. Ah, man, I'll, there's just a wall at 37 in Uber. If it if it happens to get up there tonight or overnight, got three highs in that area and real good support at 33. And you're almost in the middle of that range. So that's my technical comments on Uber. And then I, I actually left my lineup in the lift chart here. And I kind of like that. I uh, long term here, I drew a really steep trend line. And that's that, that puppy's holding. Look at that off the old time high off this, you know, almost catches this high. It's coming in, so not a huge, you know, drawer on charge kind of trader, but per, per, it, yeah. pretty clear downtrend. Yeah, pretty clear downtrend, and if you break it, you got to hold it. So that's what I'm looking at: Uber and Lyft. Uh, I mean, I think, it, it's tough. Like we've got to get back past the virus. Like, much as the cruise lines, as much as you know, you know, Disney, Boeing, uh, the airlines, the casinos, all need us to get past yes. COVID. Uber and Lyft do as well, because nobody wants to ride in a stranger's car. I, so, I should also mention that Uber is on the schedule uh, to report earnings, I believe, right? Uh, did I get that right? Make sure. I don't know. You're looking, if you, the Uber uh, Eats oh, has helped uh, over. Uber reports on on uh, on Thursday. Um, but again, I, I think this, this Prop 22 thing might be more relevant uh, for because it, it, it could have potentially changed the entire business model uh, if, if the initiative fails. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Let's ask our guest, uh, Nick Shaheen. 
Uh, he's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Uh, SellSpreads.com uh, is the other site. Join us every other week. Nick, are you still along Uber? I am. Yeah. And the, can- the same concept uh, still works. Okay. So um, here, my, my concept on Uber is that they're not in the people moving business. This is how they just started. They've already had, I think, 10, maybe between eight and 12. I can't remember. Last time I checked, it was somewhere around 10 uh, um, income streams. So eventually it will be something like Amazon, maybe not to the same magnitude, but the same idea, aggregator of businesses and uh, ditching what doesn't work. So you try a whole bunch of stuff and you stick with uh, what works. That's why you guys mentioned Lyft with Uber uh, interchangeably is usually wrong. But today it's not because of the Prop 22 in California. So I think Uber doesn't care about it as much as Lyft. And if I were them, I would uh, pull a a Bezos like they did before. Hey, you don't want us here? We'll go. Let's see how. What uh, are their other businesses, Nick? I know there's Uber Eats. What are their other? uh... They have some drone business, uh, either uh, healthcare or something with education. I can't remember. Something with finance. Go to their website. They have a list of them. Um, So they do have other. The goal is not to be the people people mover, (laughs) but rather uh, just have a whole bunch of businesses that are doing well. That's how I read uh, Dara when he first joined, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'll just call him by his first name. Uh, so that's the idea of the Uber. And if you look at Uber and Lyft relative to where they came out of the gate, yeah. it's not even a comparison. Yeah. So that they should not talk about the two as if they're comparables. They're different worlds. They're I, I completely agree. I don't know if we talk comparables or you talk in general media, but I completely agree with this because Uber is trying, you know, they're, they're, they're not sitting here waiting for the pandemic to go away. They've, you know, they went right to the Uber Eats right away. I mean, these people yeah. are thinking, you know, they're thinking, you know, this could be here for a while. We can't just be moving people or we're going to be out of business. We need to figure out some other stuff. And you can see the separation that's happened between Uber and Lyft, even since the pandemic pandemic i mean you know yes both stocks got killed back in march as everything did but uber has come back you know almost the majority of it where you look at you know lyft was trading around 40 and now it's 24 you can talk about a stock that's still 40 percent off where it was in march so there's definitely separation between these two stocks that's occurring in the in the share prices where wall street speaking and they say you know uber's figuring some stuff out and lyft still has some stuff to figure out Yeah. And Uber, if you look at the last six months, uh, you can draw a line somewhere around 33 and it will split the action half and half uh, between 33 and 35. So it is holding a pivot for the last six months. And uh, you mentioned some resistance around 37. Yes, uh, but it's also like the trend edge. And a lot of people like to chase breakout of trend lines. I prefer level breakouts. Like if I see it above uh, 37.10, that might bring in some buyers and maybe they can take out the 3840. And if then, then it's open air. Explain that again, Nick, uh, that concept that you just had there. Um, So there, there is, uh, there's resistance into 3580, 3590, just from the last biggest daily candle. I'm just looking at the daily chart. Yeah, we got it. Okay. So that would be on the 20th, uh, 27th. And then there's resistance cluster around 37, 36.95 to 37, which you mentioned. If they break through that, they might invite enough buyers to take out the last two major fails, three major fails, somewhere around 38.50. One dates early October, one is mid-September, and one is back uh, June. 
So you break out of that, then there's open air because the last fail point is so old will take you back to the February crash. So then the bulls will have runway. All right, Nick, are there any uh, election trades you're making or are you just going to... Yes, buy the dip. So if, <laughs> if there's buy the dip. If there's a dip, this buy the dip thing. If there's a dip, buy it. So it's easy. Here's the the reading charts is so simple. I had a few aha moments in the last five years. It's not even it's it's very very silly. So you have to figure out who's in control of the price action at what time frame you're looking at. So if you look at a long time frame, the bull is completely in charge. There are no bears around. So every dip, that's why every dip gets bought. The only way this changes is if we have a structural breakdown, because right now the only variable is sentiment because the Fed is in it all the way. So money yep. is flowing. Sentiment is the pivot because structure it's working. Nothing's broken. If something breaks this week, then that changes the game a little bit. Otherwise, Wait, what, would, what would that be, Nick? I mean, uh, fighting would... in the streets. I don't know. You know, I, I grew up in a war, so I can see a lot of scenarios. Um, you know, I, I put up a flag in front of my house this week to, to represent America, and I bet you people will assume who I'm voting for. So everybody, uh, you know, that's wait, 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 so Nick. So a structural change like in sentiment or like, no, no, structural change. Like, like uh, we literally change. have fighting in the streets. So okay. uh, we, we get an election, uh, somebody says something. My son went and voted yesterday. He's a hothead. He's 19. Uh, he thinks he knows everything. Uh, he went in to vote. Two people were fighting in line. And uh, a 50, he said, well, he's 50-something guy with an older woman. And they're just arguing and yelling, screaming at each other. And they're, they're in a small little peaceful town <laughs> where I live. It's just, <laughs> just yeah. those two, you know, middle-aged people fighting with words. Imagine my son doing it with somebody else who's as hot-headed as he is. It could come to blows pretty quickly. I'm just saying, I don't anticipate this. I think whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I am long, bias long. I have hedges and that's it. It's very easy. Stick with your thesis. That's the only thing you can do. Or sit in cash and wait it out. What are you going to miss? Two, three percent upside? Well, or all the count compounding effects of going into cash in the first place. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Nick, you're, you're buying dips. Is, is there anything specific that you're watching uh, in, in the short term here either today yeah. or in the next few days, next week, next two weeks? So I, I was I bought visas dip. Um, I'm looking at oversold stuff. I'm not usually a relative strength index guy but it tells you you're not making a giant mistake if you decide to go along something. So pick your tickers, look at them from different angles. I've been using this new sentiment tool and it's been pretty incredibly, um, it's not like the trigger, but it's a, like a consultant, just like the RSI. Uh, if you're looking to go get long something and you look at the RSIs on several timeframes and they look all high, 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 like weigh it out. Um, and so sentiment went to eight, out of on a scale of one to ten. Wait, wait, and, Nick, wait, what is this tool? Okay, so it's I don't have to kill okay. you if he tells you. No, no, I'll tell you. It's called the market structure edge. Um, it's not free. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. We, we they've have, been they've been your guests before. Yeah, we had so. them on the show. We had them on the show, yeah. Who's yeah. that? Who's that, Spencer? Oh, 
don't put, don't put me on the spot and trying to remember his name. I can't remember everyone's Tim, names. Tim. Nick, Tim, Tim, thank you. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was just Tim a couple Pua. weeks ago. Okay, Tim go. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so thank they you. have a scale. People challenged it. I know people on Wall Street, and I mentioned that they go, how do they measure? Like, it doesn't matter how they measure it. If you've got a broken ruler and you always use the same ruler, you're going to be right. So you're relatively right. So it showed that sentiment went to eight on a scale of one to 10. And they said, historically, it stays between four and six. So if you're going to get long the market and this sentiment tool tells you it's as high as it's been in a long, long time, it's, you should sit it out. Whether it's right or wrong, it's clearly not a good place to get in. Uh, there's more downside potential. So now it's back down to 4.1. So you can see it. It started turning down and now everybody's worried, blah, blah, blah. They put all kinds of reasons to it. It's just price action, in my opinion. Nothing has changed. We're just trading price action. So I've been picking... Uh, good concepts. Uh, I was long uh, things like W and uh, shipping, uh, which I didn't like before. But the concept was, I think we're going to have a good holiday season and it's all going to be online. Are you so, still on W? Because the stock's given back 30 points of its gains here now. It's down another 12 from where we were I, talking about 10 minutes ago. Um, I, I, um, I closed mine. and Before earnings? The, yes. And, oh boy, uh, that good call, Triple D. I guess that was kind of a, we kind of tag team that one. Yeah, but, we didn't like it. No, that's okay. So the concepts are easy. The W, I had a, a a projection on it, and it hit the level where it was going to break down or not. I didn't think it was going to break down, but I said, you know what? I got enough of it. I want to be out. So I can't keep all the trades that I write up for myself. Otherwise, I'd have a portfolio that you'd need a computer to run. You so, typically get out before earnings too, though, on your trades. Yeah, you? because it's a gamble. Like uh, Facebook, I gambled, stayed in it. I shouldn't. I should not have. <clears throat> I had a big win into the earnings, and it came quickly, so I didn't feel obliged to take it. And now I have to sit in it. It's long term. It's into next year, so I have to sit in it um, until it recovers, which is fine. I'm not worried about it. But uh, yeah, you have to take your wins whenever they come. I'm okay leaving money on the table, but I don't like coin flips. So going into the earnings headline, it's a coin flip. If you don't believe it, let's talk about the last few. Uh, Amazon reported they, they uh, killed, they crushed the expectations. They raised guidance. They doubled or tripled their yep. uh, whatever they're expecting and the income from last year. What yep. else do you want? And then they complain about that AWS dropped to 29% increase. Are you kidding me with this? So um, It's tough. It's and then you get, you get other p companies that deliver crappy reports and then they rally so it doesn't matter it's all about how crowded the trade is to a certain it's expectations extent. you yep. can't forecast expectations i looked at this uh camping world yesterday i made it was a pre-market prep stock of the day and uh I, I, the earnings report that it had uh let's see going back this day that was like a huge beat a beat and a beat and they beat the crap out of the stock. And then, <laughs> and then it came back down to support and everything. So I just wanted to, they lost 10 bucks and they just blew it. And I didn't even let the, I didn't give any negative guidance. And then they had another good report uh, yesterday and it rallied and gave it back. I guess people aren't, uh, aren't buying as many campers in that one. But yeah, I just wanted know, to, I wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead, Spence. Yeah, but you, you, all, you also have to look at the range. Sometimes it's about the range, not about whatever is going on. Exactly. Because yep. we, the people trading, are probably 10% of the market. The rest is machines and most likely passive income ma management. So the machines are programmed to act on levels. 
if you don't know technicals, you're really giving the advantage to your competitor. And if you don't think it's a competition, you're not buying or selling stocks off the shelf. It's definitely a competition. If you're not using charts, your opponent might be. So I'm just saying you need to learn charts and it's easy and simple concepts. That's, that's a great point. As always, we don't say that enough probably, but we should. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. Nick, uh, thanks for the insights. It's uh, over? Oh, my gosh. What else you got? Give us something. <laughs> give us a good trade prior to the election. Give us one. Good, good trade. Uh, oh, I, give us an idea. Buy sheep, sell deer. Buy sheep, sell deer. No, hold, hold the SPY long term. Buy a debit call spread for the SPY into next year. What derails the bull thesis? This is just, I'll just play devil's advocate because I mean, I'm overall along the market as well. But, you know, at a certain point, I mean, I, we were looking, we did this an exercise yesterday and we were looking, you know, where Japan is in the last 30 years and it's been down over the last 30 years. And Canada's gone nowhere for the last 10 years. And Europe's gone nowhere for the last 10 years, actually down slightly. And then we looked at China's gone nowhere for the last 10 years. And the US has just been straight up. What derails this US bull market? Is there anything? Yes, you need a change in the in the price drivers. The Fed broke it in December of uh, in October of 2018. They can do it again. So if the Fed changes, that's one thing that can derail it. Um, if we have literally a broken uh, structure, like for some reason our uh, market is broken, um, there's the lending is broken, something that doesn't allow us to function. The government is shut down, or something like that. That the, the world is shut down. Um, another virus that is so contagious and kills people. So you need a change in the formula. Right now, the, the formula of flowing money flowing is there. That's the Fed. If they change it, they can break it. Um, if the actual us moving around to make things go around changes, we can break it. As we saw, there hasn't been. There have been like three headlines in the last 10 years. The Fed in 2018, that actually changed the game. The rest, all the other headlines you could have ignored and they wouldn't have affected your trading a bit. So if, if you didn't listen to the Fed in 2018, they flipped, they changed the game. Uh, the Trump election changed the game because he actually added points to the PLs. So that the Biden win, if he wins this time around, will take points from the PL, but it's probably already priced in. So... Um, things like that will change your game. If you actually change the money flow or the actual workings of the, of the structure of the government, the people, everything. That's my opinion. Nick, so everything else you can ignore. Nick, good luck voting if you haven't already done so. I did. All right. That, as, did, as did I. And I... You want to know who for? No. Yeah, you can tell us. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a flag I, I on my front voted. lawn. I have a flag on my front, front lawn. <laughs> tell, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that I think we know who you voted for. I'll give it away. All right, Nick Shaheen, right. we appreciate the time as always. Uh, we'll speak to you on the, the other side of this election. This was fun. Later, guys. And all guys. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Hope all is well. All right, I, I want to go to uh, back to the ballot in initiatives uh, that we've got on the radar for tonight. We talked about Uber and Lyft. Uh, cannabis is on the, the ballot in several states. Where's my list here that I had? Uh, Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota will vote to legalize recreational marijuana tonight. New Jersey, obviously the biggest of those states because it, it brings the New York market with it. Uh, cannabis ripped yesterday. Uh, last I checked, it was up ripping again this morning across the board. Yeah. Uh, yes, it still is the case. So uh, they are pricing in. Uh, so, so you got two things here. You've got uh, can, those individual initiatives on those states, and then you've got Bi Biden saying, 
if he wins, essentially he's going to legalize uh, marijuana on a federal level. So you've got, you've got two, um, two tailwinds here for cannabis. Uh, you got Biden and you've got the individual states and you're seeing that trade just take off here. Again, though, what do we see here and what is consistent is the run up before the event. You know, the vote is coming. This is a known event, you know, and it's predictable. And I wish, you know, we've been talking about this a couple of days ago because I may have went long some of these stocks. It's predictable that they're going to have a run up ahead of the vote, ahead of the event. What isn't predictable is the outcome, you know, afterwards. <laughs> and what, you know, when you look, you say, okay, well, there's a lot of good news all of a sudden priced into a lot of these cannabis stocks that have been dogs. I mean, and you can look at the Canadian ones and I don't know if they are, they're impacted as much because of the U S vote, but again, you know, if you legalize it, I guess it's, you know, more potential customers, even from a Canadian perspective, but you know, Afria was up 10% yesterday. I mean, that's a huge move. CGC was up over 10% and up again this morning, these stocks GRWG, which is one grow generation. They talk about this in the U S had a big day yesterday. So you get to a point where, okay, how crowded is the trade? That's what becomes expectations, like Nick was just talking about. What are the expectations? You know, is it all expected that they're all going to say yes, and then they do say yes, and is it a sell-on news event? I mean, I, I think you could see some strength ahead of it again today, which you're already seeing, but do I want to necessarily take them long into the vote? No, because it's, you know, not necessarily a coin flip, but we just don't know, even in the event that they all vote yes, that that's necessarily not already priced in. So the, the run-up, the, 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 the easier, more predictable alpha is to own stocks ahead of the event. We've talked to this, and, and you know, for the last five years we've done the show. We've consistently talked about this, and it's consistently how I've made money over my years and years of trading is being long ahead of events. I didn't realize and didn't think about the cannabis vote, or I probably would have been long some of these cannabis stocks going in. And I would be selling them tonight yeah you don't know vote. the outcome yeah you, you don't it's probably yeah and maybe it's yes maybe you think you know the outcome yeah. but it's not necessarily you don't even know you know if they say yes that they necessarily might sell off you never because, know well because if it, it could win in the states and then biden could lose i mean there's a lot of different yeah there's yeah, a lot of, balls lot of different. pick here. your points if you're doing these kind of trades and you bought it and you have targets or whatever then then take them and don't have any regret i mean maybe hold a little runner if it's a if it's a good one but um it looks like some of these are trading above yesterday's high. So if you are, if you are holding these, make sure they stay above yesterday's high and surely not to go red. And people are saying, Oh, the cannabis stocks are cheap and they're, you know, due for a rally. Well, they were oversold. So yeah, they're due for a rally. They're cheap, especially these Canadian ones. We've, we've went through this exercise. They're cheap because, you know, from a valuation perspective, they make no sense at all. You know, like I, I like I've argued in Afria, you know, is, is, is situated in the town I was born in. There's a lot of people who are along it from there. I've been bearish Af Afria forever because I can see the operation. It's a greenhouse full of pot plants. It's not worth a billion dollars or whatever the hell the valuation is. The logic doesn't make any sense. The story cooled off. And, you know, that's what I was arguing when it was a two billion dollar valuation and three billion. And then it ended up going up, you know, and then ends up obviously it's significantly off the highs there now. But to just come in and say, oh, yeah, eventually these things are going back to $20, you know, like a Fria where, you know, the all time high, I believe, was what was it, like 24 bucks or something, Spencer, on APHA? It's the all time high on yeah. that one. George, Joel, you can go back out and see Yeah, it. I could go. I got you, Chuck. Dennis, where, where were you born again? 
$19. Well, I don't give all my information out because they're already trying. Somebody got my credit card number and they had to change Oh, okay. My no, I just card. wanted because I, I so, saw there was Anyways, a you can do that. You can figure it all out. But I'm, all I'm saying is a free is still worth $1.45 billion at this price. I think $19 was almost 20 was the all time high. It's a greenhouse full of pot plants. Yes, you know, they have a good business. They've turned it around. They've got new management in there. They're doing a thing, a lot of things right. But I firmly believe when I look at APHA five years from now, it's under a dollar. That's what I think it's worth. I think it's worth, I think it's in the pennies is the value. Value doesn't matter when the story is hot. The, the pot store stock has completely cooled off. So I'm sorry to know to the long-term of free of bulls that think this thing's going back to 20. I completely disagree with you. I'm on the other side of the trade. I would be selling all pops on these Canadian pot stocks. From and we got to look at the valuations and stuff. But I just see a greenhouse full of pot plants. I don't know how in the hell that's worth <laughs> 1.45 billion. I can't grasp it because you know what? The greenhouse that's full of tomato plants next door is worth 10 million. So the greenhouse worth a full of pot plants is worth 1.45 billion. What's the difference? A crop's a crop at this point in time. You know, they don't have, you know, where we've got, you know, all these, like, um, you know, before, you know, they only had 28 licenses. The licenses are given out in Canada to like candy now. So it's just another crop. So how is it different than tomatoes? You know, yes, it's medical. Yes, you know, maybe we give it a little bit of a premium. But should it trade out 100 times premium to what the, the, the greenhouse full of tomato plants is trading for or the greenhouse full of cukes is trading for? I personally don't believe so. And that's why I think a free goes a lot lower in the long term. So I'd be a seller of all rallies in those. And you got to, and the Afria one, I know more on a personal level because, like I said, I can drive by that. You know, my parents live there. I can see, you know, what it is. Um, you know, and yes, you know, they've done a lot of good things. Just the valuations is nuts. And what, it got really nuts. What about um, the, if I can pivot away from this for a second here, what about? DraftKings and Penn National. You've got sports betting. You got sports betting on the ballot in three states tonight: Maryland, Louisiana, South Dakota. It's already legalized, member, and I want to say fourteen or fifteen states. So this would just add to that total. Um, but you've got that. That's probably the third thing. So I'm watching three things tonight as far as ballot measures. I'm watching Uber and Lyft in California. I'm watching uh, cannabis, and I'm watching sports betting in these three states. Go, Joel. I mean, we already did the uh, DraftKings. I mean, there's uh, you know a good level of 35. If you're stepping out here, you like. I think that was even support back here. Uh, I did not look at a uh, pen. Pen has been leaking. That finally caught up. That just has a found potential double bottom here. What do you have on the dailies? It's trading up, uh, trading up 34 cents. Uh, boy. 52 it's big number 52 was back here so you have some identifiable levels of support here i I mean i just don't know about the ballots and i mean if you're in a state where it's not legal how hard is it to still you know wager if you want to if you uh if you want to wager so that's what i'll say on that all right uh i think we got everything on our list i apologize i really pissed everyone off in the chat about uh (laughs) The pod comments there, so uh, I yeah, mean, well, okay. I, 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 they're saying, oh, you know, I've been saying that forever. Yeah, you know what, I've been saying it for years, and look what the stock's done. I've been proven correct. <laughs> I mean, I was wrong. I was early on it when it got to five dollars and six dollars originally. I thought it was overdone. It went to twenty, but I mean, it's five bucks now. So I think the bears in the last two years on a free have been proven correct. 
What else you want? Goes, I think it goes a lot lower. Yeah. Um, People are mad, but I'm sorry. I don't think it's going back to 20. It's just my opinion. All right, eight fifty-eight. Here we got about a minute left in our show. Joel, you survived it. I know, Joel, you were nervous about this morning. You survived the election day show. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see if there's anything uh, in the chat. Oh, here's one. Yeah, FOXA. Fox had earnings this morning. Uh, it's up. Was it up four percent? They gave good numbers. Uh, this one is. Uh, I mean, they're obviously like a. I would definitely call this a sure. a political like play. But Fox is set. Regardless of who's in the White House, I mean, they're—I I don't think their viewership is not going down. Uh, you know, if if Trump loses, right? Uh, so I, th- I think they're set regardless. But it's interesting that that they're reporting earnings today of all days. Uh, it was a nice quarter for Fox. Reporting on the right day too, because value stocks are back in favor. So the tape, the overall tape and sentiment towards value stocks is strong right now. So if they said anything okay, they were probably going to buy this. They want an excuse to buy these stocks right now. I'm scared to buy value stocks because every time, the last two years or five years or 10 years even, these value stocks have had a significant run of 10, 15, 20% in a couple of days. You look back on them and eventually they, they give go, it they back. They go back down, yep. It's been tech. And you know, if I look at my portfolio... It's full of tech stocks. It's what's worked. It's what continues to work. I'm buying tech. Like I said, I'd like the PayPal on a pullback. I like the company. Um, I'm not buying on day one, but it's on my watch list. And, you know, I probably will strike on that. Am I buying a rip on Fox? No, I would be selling a rip on Fox because I think there's just a lot of, you know, I don't see that catalyst continue to drive and Fox is going to be, you know, and, and all these value stocks are going to be the stocks that we're going to want to own. I don't see value. You get these value money managers on CNBC all the time. They're like, this is the time value is going to come back into favor. They've been saying that for 10 years and they've been proven wrong, wrong. And maybe eventually they're right, but they've been wrong so many times. The amount of money they've lost from being wrong all those other times isn't going to make up for the one time that they're right and they make some money. So it's paid to buy discounts and, you know, and the dips on good tech companies that are growing. It is paid to sell the rips on value stocks that are, you know, not growing. Uh, I just want to say something real fast because I'm feeling a little insecure about it this morning. Um, I'm wearing a blue shirt. Uh, I get dressed in the dark. Okay. This was, an, this was unintentional. I, I didn't Why need- do you get dressed in the dark? Because that's just what I do. I did not really, I not, I did not intend to wear like a blue shirt meaning anything today. But I'm feeling really insecure about that. So I just want everyone to know that my blue shirt does not mean anything. It says uh, he turned it inside out. It says Biden I, on it. I, I, I'm just like, just a little, <laughs> I, I could have worn a red shirt today. I didn't think about it, but uh, if anyone noticed that, I didn't, I'm not meaning anything about this blue shirt, really. I'm feeling a little insecure about that fact. Also, because we're going to be doing a Benzinga News Desk. Uh, watch party live stream tonight on our YouTube channel, 7.30 to 9.30 myself. Hopefully, Joel or Dennis and a bunch of guys from our news desk. What time is this? Covering, covering the election. We'll be on for two hours from 7.30 to 9.30, uh, wrapping up the end of, of the after-hour session and then going into the overnight a- uh, hours. And You can get us right here at premarket.benzinga. Yep, we'll be on our YouTube channel. We'll, Do we'll you want to go on? Are you going to go on, Dennis? I'll come uh, on for a uh, bit. It'd be great if both of you guys could stop by. I know Dennis trades till 8, but after that. Dennis, let uh, me know. If you go on, I may go on. <laughs> All right, great. And, Dennis, and just for your information, Dennis is wearing a green shirt. I was going to say that. He's going to get long all the pot stocks today. <laughs> Look, I got a green up. shirt on. Yeah. And so that means I'm raw. I was supposed to be raw, raw, bullish pot stocks. And I just gave <laughs> the most bearish rant 
<laughs> so just because the color of your shirt doesn't necessarily mean your opinion. Definitely. Definitely today uh, of all days. That is true. Uh, all right, everyone. Uh, obviously. Have a good day, everyone. Get out and vote. Yeah. Show that you care about America. Be nice to your fellow neighbor. And, nice. uh, you know, we'll see what happens. That's, that's it. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, Today, we'll be here at the afternoon show. We'll probably be right around this area in the afternoon show. And then we'll pick things up uh, tomorrow morning. Yep, and I'll be wearing a different colored shirt by then, I promise. Uh, yeah, that'll be it for us. You can catch a replay of this show on every any major podcast platform. Thanks to our guest, Nick Shaheen. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Show us your support. We appreciate all the likes and the super chats. I know we didn't get as many chat comments today as I would have liked. We'll cover more uh, on, on the closing show. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. Everyone, like Joel said, have a good day. Go vote. Today is a great day for America. We'll be back with you in the afternoon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.